Thank you for joining the Home Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at myhomechurch.org. Good morning. I feel like everyone's holding their breath. <laughs> um, well, I woke up uh, maybe three weeks ago. And I heard the Lord say that I am jealous. And then in a prayer set, um, Kira, raise your hand if you don't know Kira, was praying. And I heard the Lord say again, you have aroused my jealousy for this town. At first I was like, awesome, yes. your jealousy. Then I was like, wait, I have never really studied the jealousy of the Lord. I don't know if you have, but it's magnificent and beautiful and marvelous. And uh, every new revelation of God will always cause you to fall more in love with him, especially in the places where other people find him unattractive, yeah? Um, The most intimate of love can see the things that other people can't see as beautiful and call them beautiful. And I feel that the jealousy of God is one of those things. It's something that people avoid speaking of. It's something that people try to say in the New Testament has been satisfied by the cross and it's not true. God is a jealous God, and he does not change. Amen? Amen. And we tend to like to exaggerate the parts of God that make us feel comfortable and really dumb down the parts that make us feel challenged and uncomfortable. And I feel like jealousy is one of those things, Um, the jealousy of God. But as I dug into the jealousy of God and it hit my heart, I realized that it was something that I always desired, that I always longed for, for somebody to want all of me, to desire all of my affections, um, and just to long for me in that way. And I know that you guys feel the same way because you were created the same way for the same purpose. Amen? (laughs) Like, jealousy, divine jealousy is so beautiful. And uh, I don't have a whole lot of smart words to say, but I know this, that God is going to have you encounter his jealousy if you open your heart. That's what I know as I prayed. So I want you to turn with me in your Bibles. You should have your Bibles when you come to church. Don't look left and right. You got to know that it's in the Word of God. Amen? And if you don't have a Bible, come see us. We'll buy you one. Exodus 25. Okay. I can feel the 
manifestation of the Holy Spirit on my heart right now, burning. Matt, oh, Exodus 25. Wow. Okay. Everyone there? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on earth below or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. God is a jealous God, and he longs to be your only God, my only God. He longs for you to not serve anything but him. Amen? Exodus 30:14. I'm sorry, 34:14. This one's really important. 34:14. For you shall worship no other god, for the Lord whose name is jealous, is a jealous God. Not only is it an emotion that is provoked in him, it is a character quality of him, so much so that he says, my name is jealous. His name is jealous. We went through the names of God, right? His name is jealous. God's jealousy is severe. Not only is he jealous, but his name is jealousy. His jealousy has caused many, many things to take place throughout scripture. Many things, nations falling, people crumbling. (laughs) His jealousy is severe. Now we don't see that in the New Testament, but Thank God for the cross, but I want you to encounter his jealousy this morning. Jealousy is an activity of passion that springs up from the rupture of a personal bond that is exclusive. The language of jealousy is an expression of love, of his love that is at the heart of his covenant. Divine jealousy and wrath are not opposite of love, but grow out of true love. It does not represent a change in God, but as it were the reverse side of a coin. It's us who change. We're the ones who forget. We're the ones who don't remember. We know jealousy, especially in our culture and in the church as something incredibly negative, right? 
But there is a beautiful divine jealousy that God is desiring us to rediscover. Jealousy, as defined in the Hebrew, is an intense, energetic state of the mind towards action, which is caused by the infringement on someone's right or injury to the subject's honor. Want to hear that again? <laughs> jealousy, meaning the, this is the word that God spoke. When he said, I am jealous, this is what he meant. He, he meant that it's an intense, energetic state of his mind towards action, which is caused by infringement on someone's right, on his right, to the subject's honor, to his honor in your life and in my life. It means to become red or colored in your face with passion. This emotion reveals genuine intimacy with and love for his people. The ardent desire to maintain exclusive devotion within a relationship in the face of a challenge to that exclusive devotion. Divine jealousy is not envy. It's not ugly like that. Envy is the desire to gain uh, possession of something that does not belong to the Lord. Or you. <laughs> jealousy is the desire to maintain possession of something that does belong to you. His jealousy was not satisfied or done away with on the cross. He is jealous for you. He's jealous for two things. That all glory and honor go to him. The scriptures prove this. There's like a thousand scriptures that say, I am jealous for my glory. That all glory would go to him. And I want to say the next part, two things. That and this next part is, is our responsibility as the church of God. He's also jealous for the faithfulness of his people for your faithfulness, for my faithfulness. And I know that some of you are sitting here saying, well, I'm faithful to God. I feel that God wants to take us deeper. I know that God wants to bring us higher. It's been prophesied three times, three times this week. This is two, that's three. <laughs> he wants to take us deeper and take us higher and I felt as we were worshiping that the Lord wants to break your boundaries. He wants you to break your boundaries that you have set and said, no further, Lord. This morning, his jealousy wants to break down those boundaries where you have said, that's enough. I'm okay here. Amen? The primary way that God is glorified is the faithfulness of his people with whom he has established a covenant with. He has left us without excuse. Everyone say, I am without excuse. To be faithful to you, God. Because a power that is greater than the grave has been purchased and placed inside of you. One that overcomes sin, one that speaks to your ears, one that leads you. He goes behind you, before you. He's on both sides of you. And he's in you. <laughs> We are without excuse to be a faithful people. 
half-hearted love and obedience to God tells the world that this God is not who he says he is. Half-hearted love and obedience testifies to the world that the God who died for us is not the God who he says he is. God wants you burning with passion for him, and he wants the world to see through you that he is worthy of all love, of everything. Turn with me. Actually, you don't have to turn here, because we'll go. Um, Luke 10, 27. A lot of you guys know this. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. What does all mean? All means all. (laughs) All means all. We provoke God's jealousy over our lives when we live outside of this. All means all. This means that everything matters to God. This means every moment, every glance, every thought, every gaze, every click, everything matters to God. All means all. To entertain affection outside of him, to return to those affections, to cultivate those affections, stores up his jealousy over you. His jealousy motivates his relentless pursuit of you, his loved ones, when you go astray. You might say, I'm not astray. All means all. His jealousy is provoked when we do not give him all. You might say, well, that's so radical. Well, guess what? He says, die and you will live. It is radical. Living for Christ, like really living for Christ, means all, everything. It does not allow him to remain ambivalent when his his betrothed wanders from his side. And that is our confidence. Our lover will win his bride. (laughs) And that's my heart in speaking this to you today, is that the God who loves me and you would win his bride. James 4, 6 says, Do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns with jealousy over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? He yearns. I want you to understand that. Have you ever yearned for something? I'm sure you have. You're a human. 
He yearns with jealousy over your person. He yearns with jealousy for your heart. He yearns with jealousy for your thoughts. He yearns with jealousy for your actions. He yearns that all of those things would be purposed towards loving him. I'll just say this. Don't for a second discount yourself. Don't for a second say, well, I already give him all because I'll tell you what. Let's just keep going. (laughs) He yearns. He yearns with jealousy for all of you. If you're a part of this church, (laughs) he has chosen you specifically to carry out the desire of his heart for this city. It's nearly unanimous that God wants to do something really special here. Um, In the middle of nowhere, I like to say, Um, his presence comes so rich and tangible in this place and thick and um, his jealousy yearns for us, this church here. Um, We have aroused his jealousy because there is a specific mission that he desires to carry out that um, there's not one single person here that has not been called to carry that out. Regardless of whether or not you say, well, I'm, you know, I just see them. I just come to, you know, I I like the way God feels here and then I go home. No. God's purpose for this city is to get his glory. And he has called you and he has asked that your life would be faithful to him so that he can carry out what he desires. Amen? Not one of us are outside of that. Not one of us are outside. And this community and this promise cannot be carried out without your life being fully submitted wholeheartedly to him. So consider yourself commissioned. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to share this word from... 2020. Okay? So as I was praying, Lord, what do you want to do in 2020? This is what the Lord gave me. I never got to say it to anybody. I mean, maybe a few people. But uh, I felt like the Lord said, this is what he wanted to do. This will be the year of meat, spiritual maturity, emotional maturity, mental maturity. Everything that my blood has purchased must be walked out in faith and dependent on the Holy Spirit. I desire a wide awake church with a mission to actually seek first the kingdom and then carry it to the broken world by living it out 
in their very own lives. More than lip service, but an abiding, powerful, and pure pursuit. So that was in 2020. It's a beautiful word, right? Amen, Papa Barker, that's right. December 11th of this year. I said, Lord, what do you want to do? <laughs> Come on, Lord, what do you want to do? <laughs> what do you want to do, Lord? And I kept hearing failure to thrive. I don't know what failure, I didn't know what failure to thrive was. He said, I have not removed the word from last year, my desire from last year. I said, okay, failure to thrive. Then I went into the hospital and gave birth and Aaron was in his little crib and I kept hearing failure to thrive and I was like, oh gosh, I think that has something to do with a baby. Let me look it up. And sure enough, it did. But I was like, he's fine. I just cursed that in Jesus' name. <laughs> and as I got home, I was on Instagram. Sorry, Lord. <laughs> I'm not on anymore. Not that you can't be, but I can't be. Um, and uh, a friend, their, their child was diagnosed with failure to thrive. And I was like, are you kidding me? What are you saying, Lord? So I started to look it up. I knew it had something to do with the church at that moment. And, uh, yeah. Failure to thrive in children is incredibly slow development, physical development. It's caused by the baby or the child not having enough nutrition. You all paying attention? The causes are the baby doesn't take in enough nutrition or calories, which happens when he's either not given enough food or he refuses to breastfeed or he's not given solid food at the right time. He's not willing to eat enough food. He vomits the food. He has trouble swallowing the food. And after I read that, the Lord confirmed to me that this was what was going on in the church. It was going on in my own life. I'm not putting myself above it. There's things that God has asked of us to fulfill this mission and the desire of his heart that he is jealous to come to pass. And there has been a failure to thrive because we have not. How many words have we been getting about eating the right food? About stopping eating the wrong food? God's desire is that we would be grown up in the Lord. That we would be emotionally, physically, and spiritually mature so that he can get the glory from our lives. And his jealousy burns over our response to him. 
And as I encountered this jealousy this week, I was totally just wrecked. And it keeps going deeper and deeper. And I'm praying that for you. I'm praying that you can see how beautiful, how wonderful this jealousy is. You're going to (laughs) thrive in Jesus' name if you let this jealousy hit your heart, if you understand that he is for you and his jealousy, it's a good God that is jealous for you. So his jealousy will bring about good things. Amen? So let's just go to um, Hebrews 5.11. I'm going to read a big chunk of scripture, and it's important that you follow along. Don't just listen to me. Hebrews 5.11. It is so important that you do not just have an appearance of being alive, right? I love celebrating the Lord on Sunday here. You guys are all nuts, and it's beautiful how we bless the Lord and just celebrate who he is. But my desire, and I totally wholeheartedly believe it's the Lord's desire is that you would burn that way every day. That you would celebrate him that way every day. That you would read your word every day. That you would prioritize getting away with him every day. That you would actually love him with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with everything that you have. Hebrews 5.11. About this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Do you know what that word dull means? Sluggish. Yep. Lazy. Sluggish and lazy. Let this cut you. Let it cut you good. It's cutting me. (laughs) For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. Since he is a child, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. This is God's heart for our house. Not laying again a foundation of repentance, because we spent a good three months doing that. (laughs) Um, From dead works and of faith towards God and of instruction about uh, washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance. 
since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed and its end is to be burned. Okay, here we go though. (laughs) Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things. I feel so sure of better things. I feel so sure of better things because I don't believe that God presents these things without giving us the power to walk in them, right? This warning, this jealousy is to provoke us to move, not to just sit in our own self-loathing and say, well, I know this is just who I am. No, let his jealousy hit your heart. Listen to this. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness, to have full assurance of hope until the end, that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Amen? If you hear something and say, wow, that's why that person is so on fire. I want that fire. I want to be, I want to have peace, you know? I want to pray like Willie. <laughs> I want to, but really, like, there, there's so many people in this congregation that have special um, salty things <laughs> in their life <laughs> that when you look at them, you're like, mmm, that makes me thirsty for God. Ask them what they do and do it. Amen? It's really that simple. The word is instructing us and warning us against the very thing that these two prophetic desires that God showed me um, could happen. So the Lord said, consecrate yourselves for I will do great and wonderful things. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving yourselves. May we not deceive ourselves into thinking just because we understand the word and what is right that we are doing it, right? God's desire is for us to do it. Deception is just that very thing. We think we're doing something when we aren't. Do you understand? This is why God says be doers of the word. We have a lot of knowledge in this house. Andrew pours out knowledge on us. Some things I'm like, okay, you got to stop so I can process this for like the next six months and like actually do it. (laughs) But it's very easy to have a language without a lifestyle. And that will arouse God's jealousy more than anything. Do you understand? Yeah. 
And uh, I had a a wake-up call with this two months ago that I'm just going to confess before the church. (laughs) Um, The Lord showed me about myself. There are these, like, incredible women that I really look up to, two of them being um, Anna Dow, who you guys got to meet um, during Deeper, and Larissa Miller from Upper Room. Catherine Kuhlman is another one, but... (laughs) And I realized um, that I look up to these women, but that they're really living this out. (laughs) That their whole lives are centered around pursuing God. And I just know that from what they speak and what they say to do. I get to talk to Anna personally, and it's like some of the things I'm like, I'm struggling with this. She's like, I'm sorry, I've never struggled with that. And I'm like, oh gosh. (laughs) But the reason why she never struggled with it is because she obeyed the Lord. Woo. I was deeply offended when the Lord said this to me deeply offended. I said, Lord, what? I don't, I don't live like that? Because in my mind, I had deceived myself that just because I know how God wants me to live, that I was doing really great. <laughs> okay? And uh, I still read my Bible. I still prayed. I still worshiped. I'm just, it just wasn't to the, it wasn't all. It wasn't to the conviction that the Holy Spirit had placed in my heart that my life should look like. I'd fallen into the trap of knowing, having the right answers, but not giving myself wholeheartedly to God. He had impressed on me, and I'm sure he's impressed on you the right way to seek him, but in my own knowledge, I deceived myself by not giving him all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength. I'm really strong, guys. (laughs) I'm really strong, and you're probably really, really strong, too. Like, when you want something, when you really want something in your life, how much effort do you put into getting it? Like, I don't know about you, but I don't give up. I'm like, I'm getting what I want. I don't care what it takes. We have so much strength to love God with. (laughs) We need to seek him now. We need to grow in him now. What are the enemies to your devotion? What are the enemies to your devotion? What provokes God's jealousy over your life? Will you surrender these things to him? Will you actually give him these things? There is a choice that you have to either divide your affections and be double-minded, to provoke God's jealousy continually over your life, or to satisfy the longings of his heart and to glorify him in your own life and in this city. 
if you seek him with all, if you actually obey him with all, there'll be nothing left for anything else. And you'll be fully satisfied. I promise. You'll be able to do all the things that he asks of you because sometimes, let me just go down the list. I wrote it here. Fasting, praying, worshiping, studying, meditating, serving, evangelizing, providing if you're a man, waking up, seeking the Lord, putting off your sin, enjoying your blessings, celebrating. That's a lot of stuff, right? And you might be like, oh, when's time for this? That's the very thing that has to go. Your whole life should shift. Your entire life should shift when you come to the Lord because our life dies and his life is brought to life in us, right? So you might not, I, I don't know, but you might not be able to watch TV. <laughs> you might, eh. Probably not, no. <laughs> um, you might not be able to be on social media. What steals your devotion? What steals your devotion? Where is your treasure? What do you work for with all your strength? The American dream? Storing up money in a bank account? Overworking yourself so you can make yourself feel like comfortable? Not saying don't work. Work. Work for the Lord. <laughs> what is the enemy of your devotion? Man, I sense right now, what about me? What about the things I want? I promise you, when you give up, everything for God, there will not be any of that left. There will not be a moment where you say, what about me? Because you're on this crazy ride. You feel so fulfilled. You feel loved. You feel awakened. Your heart's burning. You're able to do the things that you, you know, before felt like this horrible task with joy, with pleasure, because you're doing it unto him. You're loving him with everything. I promise you that God's word does not fail, that when you love him with all, you will be completely satisfied. Receive his jealousy without condemnation. Uh, Caesar, can you come up? He has convinced us. He has convinced us and persuaded us by his cross to follow him. His jealousy does not destroy us, though it could. <laughs> Instead, he invites us back into wholehearted pursuit and lifestyle that brings him alone glory. He made a covenant with us. We are his people. 
He is so jealous that he sent his son to die for you. I know that that can get really dull in your mind. He paid for this covenant in his blood, the blood of a person. Flesh bled for you. The father watched his only son be beaten, whipped, a crown of thorns pressed into his head. He hung on a cross with nails in his hands, with nails in his feet. He had shallow breaths as the weight of his body crushed his lungs. To have you, because he was jealous for you. Get hungry for the vindication of God's glory in your life. Get hungry that he would be glorified in you. Let his jealousy hit your heart. He yearns jealousy over you. He yearns jealousy over you. Let his jealousy provoke you to jealousy for his glory. Let his jealousy, when sin comes in, when temptation comes in, get zealous and jealous to see him get glory out of your life. When you come to the crossroads of a decision, the crossroads of a thought, the crossroads of whatever it is that you know is stealing your affection, get jealous to see God glorified in your life. Because ultimately, if you do not allow God to be glorified in your life, he's not going to get the glory he desires in this city because it is you who are the very messengers of what he desires to bring to this city. There are so many times where people get touched here, where people experience the glory of God. But this, Eric Gilmore says, the public touch is meant to lead to the private kiss. Woo. I can't see what you're doing in secret. Nobody here can see what you're doing in secret. But God sees, and that is not to scare you, it's to motivate you to love him in secret. Where you have secret devotion to something, God is saying, no, me, choose me. I long for you to choose me. So we're not going to have the prayer team come up because nobody can impart this to you. Nobody can give this to you. You have to choose 
to say yes to encountering God's jealousy over your life and to respond with your choices every day with your time with your thoughts with your careers with your families with everything you're the one that needs to confess to him that you will choose him and that you will love him above everything else.